them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Welcome in to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long & Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. Wednesday. Hope you're doing well wherever you might be. David Teal comes up in about half an hour. But as we've been previewing, it is time for the Roth Report here on BDST. From the talk of the New River Valley WRAD, it's time for the Roth Report. Now, along with Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, current ESPN broadcaster, and voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth, here's Rick Watson. Hey, good morning, William. How are you, my friend? Good morning to you. What a week we already are having in Blacksburg, and it's going to culminate on uh, Sunday with the Tech Carolina women's game, senior day here at Castle, college game day here at Castle. So uh, a lot of exciting things are happening right now this week. I'm excited about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, speaking of that women's team, I mean, they are on an absolute roll, and Elizabeth Kitley is playing as well as any player in the country right now. Her final regular season home game is Sunday. Hokies moved up to eighth in the country in the, the poll that came out. I guess, I guess the women's poll came out Monday afternoon. In any event, uh, you know, they, they were a number one seed in the NCAA tournament a year ago and made it to the final four in the preliminary rankings that are out now as they project the, 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 the seeding. They're, they're, they're a two. But, you know, they've got some big games left in the ACC tournament as well. So, there's a there's a chance they could get there, but the bottom line is so in the women's NCAA tournament, as you know, Rick, and as we've talked about, you can play home games in the first two rounds, mm. and you need to be a top four seed right uh, to get a home game. So as long as long as you're a one, a two, or three, or a four, you have a chance to host in the NCAA women's tournament. It's as we've also discussed. I don't think that's really fair, right? Uh, overall, agreed. Uh, but it's it's an advantage for the for a team if you get it. So you're certainly not going to turn it down. I, I wish we were at the point where you could fill an arena like 
anywhere in the country for for women's basketball opening round and second round NCAA games. But we're not quite there yet. We're not quite there yet. Well, and but it's coming. Yeah, yeah. I hope it does. And you're right. I hope they can get to that day where everything can be neutral because it does just skew the first couple rounds. It does I don't know the I don't know what the numbers are, Bill, but I'd like to see the percentages of those host teams and how they've advanced to the Sweet 16 over the years. Sure, it's a great advantage, and and then some in some instances, as we've discussed as well, in all those years where like Hartford or. Connecticut hosted four games. It's just unreal. Before, yeah, before going to the Final Four. So, again, um, you 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 like the idea of neutral sites, but if you if you earn, you know, NBA teams and whatever have home court advantage. If you've had a great season, you get to play at home for a postseason game. So, um, I, I'm excited. As for Sunday, you know, game day's coming. That starts at 11 uh, at Castle. By the way. Uh, they put some new lights in at Castle yesterday, and boy, what a difference brand new lights make. It is so bright in there now. That was not the case Monday night when UVA was here for the men's game. Uh, they've up- upgraded those lights, and uh, they don't even have to turn them all the way up to make Castle uh, look like a supernova right now. So I was glad to see that because um, you probably couldn't tell on television, but if you were at the game, you, you noticed it was getting a little dark, so they took care of that pronto. Well, the Tech men's team played like a supernova against their arch rival. Uh, Virginia just uh, it was just lights out. They couldn't score. Tech's defense was good. They they hit some shots. I mean, what does it mean for both of these squads going forward? Do you think? Yeah, it was it was certainly the zenith of this season for the Hokies, and uh, I sat in on both press conferences, both Mike Young and Tony Bennett after the game, just to kind of get their sense of it. And neither guy saw it coming. They thought it would be a close game, much like the game was at Charlottesville. You know, the Hokies, they got the ball to Lynn Kidd, first possession. He had a really terrific game. Uh, they were physical. They were tough. Uh, they play much better at Castle. They're, like they, in, the, in that game last week against Miami, they were just, you know, they're, they're quicker to the ball. Um, they got rebounds, and that wasn't the case on the road. They're, they're, but at home, they were terrific. Uh, it wasn't like one guy was huge. It was They had a great team effort. They didn't turn the ball over. Um, Collins and Padula took care of the basketball. Um, you know, for Virginia, you know, Bennett mentioned this after the game, that he thought they were over this. If you recall, back early in the year, they had some really bad losses mm-hmm. where they were blown out at Memphis and some other places like that. And he thought they had come through that and they had recovered. Um but he credited the crowd again. I mean, that's the fourth year in a row Virginia's gotten beat at Castle. And and Tech students were all about it again. And whether it's the football team or the women's hoops team, wrestling, the men's basketball team, Castle and the Hokie fans are all about it right now. And uh, it's a fun place to see a game. It's a, it's a really fun place to see a game unless you're coaching or playing for the visiting team. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt. And we'll see how Tech kind of handles that momentum as they head on the road for a couple of uh, really big games. Uh, I mentioned just a little while ago the College Football Playoff Committee finally, finally officially approved the 5-7 format. Uh, they're still meeting in Dallas. What do you expect to come out of that today? You know, they're going to talk about the TV money, and that TV contract. We saw the ESPN bid last week. I think it's really interesting. So this committee, there's there's 10 commissioners, right, and 10 football Bowl subdivision teams, uh, leagues, the, the, those 10 gentlemen, 
and then the Notre Dame athletic director. You know, Notre Dame gets a seat at this table, mm-hmm. even as an independent. Um, but they're going to talk about the TV deal <clears throat> and <clears throat> revenue distribution. There'll be some more access talks. But I, I think the other thing that could come out today is they're talking about eliminating the contracts that the New Year's Six Bowls have, and they have to because – there is no more Pac-12. Who's going to play in the Rose Bowl? That's right. That's right. <clears throat> right? That had always been the Big Ten yeah, versus... Yeah, yeah. Well, that can't, that can't happen anymore. And and I think, you know, Atlanta is making a really big push at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, you, know, the, you know, over the years, the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans has always been the site for, uh, you know, the SEC champion plays in the Sugar Bowl. I... Uh, there's a push to make that more Atlanta. Uh, I think that that shows the University of Georgia and the Georgia Bulldogs' success. But I, I think if 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 Georgia's playing in a major bowl, they'd like it to be in in Atlanta, mm-hmm. not New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, it, it, nothing against the Superdome, and um, you know LSU might push back a little bit about that. But I think everybody likes Atlanta. They got a brand new, you know. Super Bowl designed stadium. You know, if you talk about the two nicest, newest stadiums in the NFL, it's LA and Atlanta, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, I think they're looking at that a little bit. I think that they just want some flexibility. You know, if if, if Georgia can play in the Peach Bowl as a playoff game, uh, they'd rather do that than than go to New Orleans. That's all. So I think we'll see some of that, and then what, I don't know what the Rose Bowl is going to do. That'll be very interesting to see where they go. But we'll have, we'll have more clarification, I think, uh, by the end of today on that. Well, this is cool. Of course, uh, you are the voice of Tech football, and you had a chance to sit down with the Tech football coaches yesterday. This is really cool. What were some of the things, or uh, some of the largest takeaways you had for those conversations? You know, it's it's a good time of year before spring ball starts. You know, they, they've already broken down all the tape from last year. They have a sense of who is coming in and recruiting and what they want to do. So, you know, end of mid to late February is always a good time to, to kind of pick their brains. And, and you know, they've they've settled in. And I had, I had a really good chat, for example, yesterday with with uh, Coach Bowen, just talking about why and examples of why drones really improved during the course of the season last year. And, you know, it was really interesting to hear him talk about, you know, we saw all the throws drones made. And and we see, you know, his runs. He had so many great runs. But they were really interested in, and, and impressed with his development in how he handled defenses that were trying to disguise coverages and how they were trying to trick him. And... He brought up several run game audibles where uh, Kyron changed the running play right at the snap, and it ended up being a huge run for Tootin or a huge run for Thomas. And he, I'm actually going to write a column. Uh, it'll be popping up on Hokie Sports here. I don't know when they'll put it up. Well, I have to finish writing it first. But um, he brought up a couple of plays specifically in in which – Drones, they they have this uh, rule they're calling it, Rick, the rule of zero. That the worst thing that should happen on a play is zero. No turnover, no penalty, mm-hmm. no negative yards. The worst thing that should happen is it's second and ten. That the, the second and ten is not a bad play. 
it's better than forcing a pass on first down or being behind the sticks second and 15, right? And, and their, their metrics, their analytics show that, that, that a, a pre-snap penalty or when the other team gets you in second and 14, at any point in the possession, your odds of scoring on that possession are low. And that a lot of turnovers, most turnovers happen when there's unfavorable down and distance. Mm-hmm. That it's third and 14, that's where the QB's forcing a pass. And that's true everywhere, right? And so they just thought, you know, he, they, they looked at his adjusted completion percentage, which was dynamite, which means they take away throwaways. Like if no one's, no one's open and he throws the ball into the stands, which he's coached to do, or, or dump it at a, lineman's, or a running back's feet, which he's coached to do, they don't penalize him as an incompletion. And he was about 70% last year on that. And so, you know, we went back and kind of talked about drones, and that's why they're so high for him this fall. Because he caught on so quick. You know, he earned the starting job, but it was midway through the year. Now he's going to go through all this winter stuff and all the spring ball practice, really studying what he did. He's going to be such a good quarterback cerebrally for the Hokies in, in the fall. Because you know what he's like as an athlete. He yeah, can absolutely. run the ball and throw it. But his decision making towards the end of the year, um, the, the last couple of games, Virginia and then the Tulane game, they were they were really impressed with how his, 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 uh, they told me, oh, and then we can move on. They, they said, he holds the chalk last. In other words, designing the play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. That's good stuff. Called, but what, the play is called, but what play gets run, it's up to Kyron Drove. Yeah, yeah. That's good freedom to have. He's earned it. Great stuff. That's a good report right there. It's Bill Roth and the Roth Report here on BDST. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll find out what's going on with the kids at the SMA. Always good news. We get that update. The Baker team game of the week. And the NRV Heart Clinic Top 3. All that's coming up with Bill Roth, the voice of Virginia Tech football, the Hall of Famer. When we come back here as we roll along on a Wednesday. Don't let fear of big loans to attend a university hold you back from your career. Bradford University is making education affordable for everyone through our tuition promise. If your adjusted gross income is under $100,000 and you're a Virginia resident, you won't pay for tuition. Join our Highlander family. Discover more at www.bradford.edu forward slash promise. Bradford University. Find your way here. You know, interest rates are coming down. Maybe it's time we consider a bigger house. We can think about it, but our house definitely needs some work before anyone comes to look. Well, you know Louise Baker helped our neighbors sell their house. They needed a painter, help with cleaning out the garage, and had way too much furniture. Oh yeah, the property did look good and sold quickly. Let's give Louise a call for some ideas on our house. Louise, Marshall, and Rhonda, the Louise Baker team of Long & Foster Realtors, helping you to get ready to sell. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg and has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Avellino's and Bull and Bones. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling at True Value Hardware for your home improvement projects. Visit First in Maine today, the official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics.
From the classroom to the studio to the stadium, it's time to catch up on the latest from Virginia Tech's sports media and analytics program. Today's SMA update is brought to you by First in Maine, Blacksburg's premier destination to eat, drink, shop, and play. And we do welcome you back. It's the Roth Report here on ESC with Bill Roth and the SMA update here on this Wednesday, my friend. We had a great weekend. We had three of our students in Chapel Hill for the men's game Saturday, two broadcasters and a writer. Nice. We had a different group in Louisville Sunday, two broadcasters and a writer for the Virginia Tech Louisville women's game at the Yum Center. That's their weekend, Rick. Yeah, uh, yeah, then absolutely. Monday night on Big Monday, we had 14 students covering that game in one way or another. We had eight in the arena in Castle covering the game, either broadcasting it on our 3304 sports platform, writing for various, uh, writing for 3304 or uh, the key play or Hokie Haven. There's different other websites that have contracted tech students to our students to cover the games. And then we had six of our students uh, in the control room Monday night working on the broadcast for Big Monday. ESPN brought in its own producer and director, but a lot of the other kids in the in the control room, which is in under the south end zone stands at Lane Stadium, um, were our SMA students. And learning and, and watching a national television broadcast originated from their campus. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's funny, after the game, everybody was back out in the arena. And well after the game, the teams had gone, the crowd had left, and there's 14 of our students on the court, and it was just really surreal. I was really proud. It was an interesting moment, especially after that game. They didn't want to leave the arena. Yeah, um, They were pulling for Tech, and it was an amazing win over UVA, but from an experience standpoint for those kids that had a chance to work on the ESPN and, 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 and watch it and experience it from the control room was really good. That's very so, cool. Really happy about that on Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that on-hands experience, you just you can't replace it. That's great. That's great. Uh, Baker team game of the week. I have a feeling I don't know which way you may go on this. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the Tech and North Carolina women's game on Sunday. There's a lot of good basketball games throughout the country, both on men's and women's side, coming up this week. But hey, it's it's going to be the last regular season game for 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 Kitley, and and she could be arguably the best player, men's or women's basketball player ever we've ever had here, and it'll be emotional. As they honor her pregame, and of course, game day is at eleven. The game is at two. So, um, I was looking online. Do you know what tickets are going for on, uh, right now on, on SeatGeek for this game? Yeah, people have been sending me updates. What is it now? Well, that was earlier in the week. Yeah, three thousand dollars. Oh, wow! For a women's basketball game, unbelievable. Now, I don't know if people will get it, but uh, that's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, for a women's basketball, a lot of money for anything. Anything, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it, it goes to show you what Kenny Brooks has built and the way the community has rallied around it. And uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a special day at Castle Sunday. Yeah, absolutely, it will. All right, always uh, one of my favorite parts of the Roth Report. It's time now for the NRE Heart Clinic Top Three. Are you ready for today's countdown? It's time for Bill's Top Three. Now back to Rick Watson. All right, and I have no idea. I've been left in the dark here, which I like. I like that. I kept, yeah, I kept you in the dark intentionally because I, <laughs> I want to see your reaction to this. So I was reading, you know, the Dodgers are playing the Padres in Seoul, oh. regular season game. Yeah, right? yeah. Baseball in South Korea. 
regular season games. And, you know, I was thinking about it, you know, playing regular season games in other countries outside of North America, not Canada, but another, you know, continents has been, you know, we're seeing it a lot more, right? There's a bunch of NHL games they played in Europe and mm-hmm. I think a bunch of them in Stockholm, Sweden and, in November, the Magic and Hawks played an NBA game in Mexico City, and uh, Brooklyn and Cleveland Cavaliers uh, a few weeks ago played a game in Paris. Um, the NFL is going to play a game this year in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, this year. Uh, and they've been playing games in London and Munich, as we know. And, and then, you know, the, the Florida State and Georgia Tech are playing in Dublin. So... Um, I'm thinking for the Hokies, Rick, outside of the country, what would be the top three places Virginia Tech football should play? Ooh, could play. ooh I like this. Ah, good. Yeah, interesting. Good thought. We're not going to South Korea. No, <laughs> no, 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 they're not. That's, okay. Uh, but I want you to follow this. All right. So, did you know in Mayan culture, Right, Central America, Mayan countries, this is 300 B.C., right? Did you know that the gobbler was viewed as a vessel of the gods and honored accordingly? Really? No, I did not. Yes. These pre-Columbian uh, Indian, the, 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 the Mayans, yeah, yeah. thought that the fighting gobbler was a vessel of the gods. So that is now modern-day Guatemala, El Salvador. Mm-hmm. It's not that far, Rick. It's right across the Gulf. It's closer. It's closer than 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 California or Arizona. Certainly to get to Guatemala. Yeah. We need to play a football game in Guatemala. Yeah. <laughs> have have the oh the hokey bird would be worshipped. <laughs> the hokey bird would be worshipped. The vessel of the gods would return. Absolutely. <laughs> That's number three. Uh, They're building a brand-new stadium in El Salvador, by the way. I saw the pictures. It's going to be incredible. I don't know who's going to play there, but they're building an incredible (laughs) brand-new stadium. Uh, Number two, London. And here's my thought. If you live in D.C., which is where so many of our alums live, it takes you just as long to fly to the West Coast to see the Hokies in Stanford as it would be to pop over to uh, Tottenham to watch your London's uh, uh, Wembley to see the Hokies play there. Very true. It's about a six-hour flight, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, nonstop out of Dulles. Let's go to London. Yeah, it's just—it's barely. You're right. It's barely longer than going coast to coast. I mean, yeah, you could deal with that, sure. But number one, and I think you'll—you'll you'll agree with me on this one. I've never gotten burned up to Italy. He's Italian, oh. right? Rosie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have so the Virginia Tech Steger Center, which is our European campus, named after. Former President Charles Steger is right. It's in it's in Switzerland, but it's right on. It is right on the Italian border. In fact, what most of our students, you fly into Milan and they just come up to Riva, Switzerland. AC Milan has an eighty thousand seat stadium right there near our campus. I would like to see. Can you imagine the pregame meal? Oh my goodness! The wine. Yeah. Would you guys even make it on the air <laughs> at that point? <laughs> <laughs> but we have a campus there. That's my point. Yeah. We already have a campus there. Right. Shouldn't we play a game near 
near our Italian and Swiss colleagues. That's right. Make the new state. Our stadium. faculty. Yeah, the pe- yeah. There's people that, have, that are on the Virginia Tech payroll <laughs> that live there. They're full-time employees of our university. I think we owe it to them to play a football game in Milan. Yes. And for the ladies, think of the shopping. <laughs> <laughs> it's all covered. It's all covered from the belly to we the got, shopping. Yeah. We got the stadium. We got the campus. We've got the wine. And we've got shopping for the ladies. Got it all. And an 80,000-seat stadium. So I'm going from a lawn. <laughs> I think your logic on all three makes perfect sense. <laughs> Good stuff, man, as always. Yeah. I, think, I think I'll stick with Lane Stadium. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We can bring some Italian wine in. How's that? Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, good stuff, man. Enjoy the rest of your week. I know you're going to enjoy Sunday uh, at Castle. It's going to be an amazing day, emotional, and but it's an important game too. Sure, I mean, sure. Pokies have been sizzling hot. They're they're playing for a high seed in both the ACC and the NCAA tournaments, and uh, should be a very special day. Hope to see everybody over there. All right, man. Take care. Good stuff, man. As Goodbye. always, <laughs> that's the Roth Report here on BDST. I like that. Italy. If if Burnup and Roth were eating that pasta and drinking that wine. There would be no broadcast of that game, at least by them. All right. From one Hall of Famer to the next, David Till joins us next segment here on a Wednesday. You know, buying or selling a home is a really important decision. We'll trust that decision to the Louise Baker team with Long and Foster Realtors. Louise, Marshall, and Rhonda have combined experience of 40-plus years right here in the New River Valley. Check their website, nrvhomes.com, to search properties. They'll give you home field advantage in a competitive market. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg. It has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Avellino's and Bull and Bones. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. And True Value Hardware for your home improvement projects. Visit First in Maine today the official entertainment destination of virginia tech athletics For the rest of the morning, huh? We're rolling along here on this Wednesday. Great stuff from uh, Bill Roth and the Roth Report. Joining us now on the program. He is also a Hall of Famer. He is the Virginia Sports Writer of the Year. Yet again, his name is David Teal. David, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, Rick. Wow, so much to get to. Um, before we get into um, the games themselves, I wanted to lead off about uh, Lefty Drizel and his passing. I know... You've written a lot and had a lot to say about it. You knew him, and um, I had a chance. I was fortunate enough a long time ago to have a chance to interview him a couple of times. I mean, 
I don't know anybody around college basketball who's ever said a negative word about Lefty Giselle. He was one of a kind, Rick. Uh, unique is a grossly overused word in our language, but not when it comes to Lefty. He was truly one of a kind. He was a showman. He was a rebel. Uh, he was the, the consummate recruiter. Uh, he was he was wonderful to be around. He was a joy to be around. And I was fortunate enough to be around him literally off and on for almost 50 years. And when you think ACC and, and this region, right, this entire region of basketball, and he's at Davidson, I mean, he's one of the guys right there on the Mount Rushmore of this, of this whole league, this whole area of college basketball coaches. Well, it started in Norfolk and Newport News. Yeah, right. right. He, he was born in, born in Norfolk and went to Granby High and coached Newport News High to a couple of state championships before he went to Davidson and literally turned Davidson, this sleepy little private down near Charlotte, into a national power. They were in back-to-back elite eights that they lost to Dean Smith and North Carolina. Now, there's a theme we haven't heard, Dean versus Lefty, mm-hmm. you know, one to carry over in the ACC. But you know, th- this will tell you something about Davidson. After Lefty departed for Maryland, Davidson, and that was in the 60s, mind you, late 60s, Davidson did not win another NCAA tournament game until a young man named Steph Curry showed up on campus. That's right. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of years. That's a legacy. That's a legacy. It, it is, and you know, and then went on to James Madison and Georgia State. Also took each of those programs to the NCAA tournament. JMU has not been to the NCAA tournament since Lefty departed. Um, it's he was remarkable, and I was fortunate enough to be in San Antonio at the Final Four in 2018 when his election to the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame was announced, and he was there. and He was so proud and so relieved. It was long overdue. Yes, yes. And Tom McMillan, his signature recruit and player at Maryland, was there to mark the occasion with Lefty, and that was so sweet to watch. Mm-hmm. Just the, the bond that remained between them. And I've heard, Rick, since Lefty passed, and I wrote about it. Folks have emailed me their mem- you know, memories of him, and even some guys who played for him in high school and at Davidson. It's, it's really cool. Well, it really is. And it was kind of fitting, I guess, you know, in retrospect now to know all that, that uh, Tom McMillan was the one who kind of broke it to the world, right? He was, his Twitter account's the one that first had the news. So it kind of it completed the circle. It was kind of fitting. It was him who broke the news to everybody. It- Yep, the, the, the one recruit that Lefty got away from Dean Smith. Because <laughs> he, it, it, was, it was one of those things where I, I think Tom wanted to go to, to North Carolina and some other members of his family wanted him to go to Virginia. His brother and his dad, his brother had played at Maryland. His brother and his dad wanted him to go to Maryland. And uh, so Maryland it became. Very cool. Well, that's a great tribute, man. Thanks uh, thanks for that. Thanks for taking the time. Um, what happened Monday night? Not the fact that Tech beat Virginia. They've done that now, what, four straight years. But what happened? 41 points, UVA back-to-back games under 50, and I think you wrote it best. I mean, both coaches just trying to figure out what in the world went on Monday night. 
Well, first, you know, Rick, the Hokies were favored. Right, right. So the fact that Virginia Tech won should have surprised absolutely nobody. Absolutely. But 34 points shocked everyone. (laughs) No one saw that coming, although maybe we should have. Because when Virginia loses, boy, does it lose. (laughs) That That is six defeats this year of 16 or more points. But that had not happened in several weeks because the Cavaliers had won nine of their previous ten. The one loss was at home to Pitt when the Panthers were just lights out and Virginia did not play that poorly. But Monday night in Blacksburg was about as bad as Virginia can play and as well as Virginia Tech can play Mm -hmm. on both ends of the floor. And it happens simultaneously and that's what unfolds is just a 34-point whitewash that was no contest from, you know, for about the last 24 minutes. I mean, the outcome was never in doubt. And so many things that the Hokies didn't do in their loss at Virginia, they did the other night, Sean Padula goes from seven turnovers in the first game to no turnovers in the second game. Elijah Poteet and Lynn Kidd go from non-factor in the first game to dominating the interior of the second game. And Virginia Tech defensively, Hunter Couture was fabulous on Isaac McNeely. Just took him right out of the game, didn't need help do it. And then Robbie Barrett and Tyler Nichol, you talk about the complementary pieces, because you know, neither Couture nor Padula scored in double figures, and you're thinking, if, you're, if you just look at, at stats and you're wondering, can Virginia Tech win an ACC game in which neither of those guys cracks double figures? Well, when Robbie Barron and Tyler Nichol combined for 27 points, and only miss a couple shots between them, yeah, they can. Hall of Famer David Teal joining us on the program. And it's just interesting, you know, the winning coach, right, Mike Young, was talking about, I saw the quote to you, hey, it's an easy game, right? We complicated it. It's frustrated the hell out of me. You would think that would be on the other side, right, with Tony Bennett yeah. a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I thought Tony had a very telling remark as well when – He said, when we're not right, separation can occur. But at this point of the season, I would have thought we'd be past that. Right. But clearly they are not. And they better figure it out in a hurry, because if they don't, it could get ugly the next two Saturdays as well. Because Carolina comes calling this Saturday And then the following Saturday, they are at Cameron. And style points are going to matter. If Virginia gets boat raced two more times, Mm -hmm. it is going to be a very nervous selection Sunday in Charlottesville. That's a great point. Uh, That's what I was going to talk about. You're right. I mean, as bad as they looked and as poor as they looked even against Wake, I mean, the 1 of 11 from the free throw line, all these little things, you're exactly right. And it could take another bit away potentially, right, if they don't straighten this thing out from the ACC. Absolutely. It, it really could. And 
I've heard from some Virginia fans who are already uh, just, they've, they've given up on the season, which I think is silly, but uh, it's definitely some, some nerves up there at UVA. Well, and I want to ask you, because I've heard from some UVA fans, and, and just get your take. They wanted to see what you thought. You've covered this team. You've seen so much basketball. What? How does this make you feel about UVA when you sit there and watch that happen? I mean, you've seen incidents like this with their offense before, but like you just said, I think it's a great point, not usually this late in the season, right? Well, no, we, we, we've seen bad offensive games late in the season. I mean, Case and, they've had some NCAA tournament clunkers when they were terrible on offense. Uh, a game against Florida, or yeah, a game against Florida down in Orlando a few years ago in the second round comes to mind. But, you know, it's, it's just for, for a while there, you know, when you win 9 out of 10 and you're rolling like that, think, okay, this is a team you can trust. You know what you're going to get. And then all of a sudden that happens. That's why Saturday to me is so fascinating because they're going back home where they're obviously very, very good, but they're facing the best team in the NCC. And if Lynn Kidd and Melisha Poteet, no offense to those two young men, if they beat you up inside, What's Armando Baycott going to do? Well, how about from the tech perspective now? I mean, this obviously doesn't put them back necessarily on any kind of NCAA radar. They've got a lot to try to correct after that Notre Dame loss. But uh, they have two more chances on the road to kind of continue to build things if they can follow up that big win against Virginia. Next two games, at Pitt, at Syracuse. Rick, the Hokies got to win out in the regular season, I believe, right. get into the conversation. Now, if you look at the season as a whole and the lack of consistency from this team, the notion of them running off the next five without a blip, that seems like a steep climb. But if you look at it game by game, show me a game in there they can't win. At Pitt, oh boy, Pitt's been playing so, so well until last night. They get run by more than 30 mm-hmm. on the road at Winston-Salem, where Wake Forest is undefeated uh, at home. So the Panthers are going to be, ooh, they'll be angry on Saturday. But I, yeah, that's certainly a game that Tech can win. Then they go to Syracuse, tough game, but it's not unwinnable. And they're, you know, they're home against Wake Forest. Then they're at, well, they're at Louisville. Certainly, you got to win there, and then home against Notre Dame. So it's it's not like it's murderer's row that they're facing, but to go five for five in that stretch seems unlikely to me. Well, and and what you just talked about too. We just talked about it with Virginia. I mean, this is why the ACC is not getting all the national love a little bit, right? Because you see Pitt. They were the hot team. They go out and get boat race. And then Virginia's 41. I mean, they just continue. It's a competitive league, but it's not elite basketball teams other than the top two, it feels like. Well, it's, it's a long conversation, Rick. It is. It, 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 it's not elite if you go by the net rankings – 
And the net rankings are based a lot on non-conference, and we can get into how the ACC may be scheduled too ambitiously compared to, say, the Big 12, which is going to get a whole bunch of teams in the tournament because its non-conference net was so high because all it did was beat a bunch of no-names by 40 points and inflate their efficiency ratings, which then, therefore, inflates your net. Uh, I'm going to be writing about that this week. But, um, you know, I think the ACC is markedly better. 11 of the ACC's 15 teams are higher in the net right now than they were this time last year. Mm -hmm. Some of them more than 100 spots higher than last year. But the, 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 the odd thing is, each of the last two years, ACC folks were just angry about only getting five teams in the term. That's the fewest they've ever gotten in right. the 15-team conference. This year, if they get five teams in, they're going to be doing cartwheels. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no question. That's, that's exactly right. That's, that's the vibe around the league right now. You're right. So where are you going to be? you got a lot going on. A lot of travels I know coming up uh, in your middle to now late February. I'll be in uh, Charlottesville on Saturday for Virginia and Carolina, and then I'll just keep driving. And I'll be in Blacksburg on Sunday for Virginia Tech, North Carolina women, and game day being there, and senior day for uh, Liz Kitley and Georgia A. Moore and Kayla King and uh, – that should be quite a scene as well. All right, great stuff. We look forward to your reactions to that. And, David, thanks so much, man, as always. Great to get your thoughts. All right, Rick, be well. All right, you too. There you go. That's David Teal. Good stuff from him all the way around. Breaking it down for both UVA and Tech fan. And I think he said it exactly right. I mean, Tech has to win out. I mean, they do. And then they have to do some damage in the tournament. They're, the win against Virginia is great. You beat your rival. But that doesn't in any way, shape, or form erase the perception. I mean – we can talk about nets and we can talk about all these other things, but it comes down to the human element in that room, I think, more often than not. Just play the games and try to win them and then create a discussion that actually is meaningful, right? That's what you have to do. And I think Mike Young will be the first one to tell you that. Tony Bennett, I'm sure, is reminding his team of that in Charlottesville. All right, we'll be back to wrap it up. Thanks to Keon Brown, Bill Roth, David Teal. Good stuff. And as always, from you, the best listening audience in radio. Always great to hear from you. Uh, on the text line, especially 744-2990. Tomorrow will be the Thursday edition. I'll be doing the show before we head out of town with Radford Hoops. It's another nationally televised game tomorrow night down at Gardner-Webb. It's only about a three-hour trip, a little less, so it's really not as taxing as uh, – some of these trips are good stuff, though, especially uh, this last hour hearing from both Roth and Teal. That was uh, good information. You know, Bill visiting with the tech coaching staff, comments they had to say about uh, Kyron drones. And I love that uh, 
Let's make the worst thing that happens on every play a zero. It's good stuff. Good stuff. All right, everybody, take care. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Hope we made it a little bit better, and we'll see you tomorrow. Center for. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.